So how many frozen margaritas do you sell on a daily basis? On a daily basis, I would say close to 400. And the most popular drink here? Uh, the favorite drink here is uh, the Marianos. It's uh, named after our owner and it's the best margarita that you could ever have. So it's just like a classic margarita. It's on the rocks, believe it or not. Uh, so our owner, Marianos Martinez, he invented the frozen margarita machine, but he prefers his drinks on the rocks. Dallas is home to the frozen margarita machine. The first machine ever made was back in 1971 when entrepreneur Mariano Martinez opened his first Mexican restaurant. It's now preserved at the Smithsonian Museum. Margaritas are considered the quote-unquote official drink of Dallas and Texas. I'm Bree Flores, and Texas wants to know, how was the frozen margarita machine invented? I first met with Edgar Zamora. He's the general manager for Mariano's La Hacienda Ranch in Dallas. This is the exact restaurant where Mariano Martinez invented the frozen margarita machine. So tell me the story about how the machine was made. The story about how the machine was made. Uh, so it goes down to uh, basically um, demand, right? Supply and demand and uh, how Mariano Martinez was able to capture, the, you know, the attention of, of back in the day, they really loved the margarita uh, and they couldn't keep up with the demand, so they had to find a way to, you know, keep up with it. And I learned it was based off a soft serve machine or slushy machine? Based on the soft serve machine, uh, so the story goes he basically had a rough night uh, and uh, he went to 7-Eleven, buy a pack of cigarettes and buy a cup of coffee. And uh, on his way to 7-Eleven, uh, he kind of had that light bulb moment where he thought about it, like, what if we do this? And then, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, he got with an engineer and they got together, tested a couple of machines, uh, trial and error, like most things. And then eventually he came up with a perfect model that, that was able to keep up. Who would have thought it was based off soft serve? So can you tell me a bit about the story of how the machine was invented? He couldn't buy one of the machines from the convenience stores, so he was able to get his hands on a soft-serve ice cream machine. That's Steve Velasquez. He's the curator for the Division of Home and Community Life at the Smithsonian. After some trial and error using maple syrup kind of concoction, he was able to make a Slurpee-like icy uh, drink, uh, and he used that as the replacement for the blenders because it was more consistent, it was easier, you could do, I forget if it was a five-gallon tank, something like that. So you could do, you know, you could do a lot uh, in a short amount of time. He was able to put it into service in somewhere around 1971, and it lasted for about 34 years. And you said 34 years? Yeah. <laughs> and kind of going off of that, too, what's the process for you guys to preserve inventions like that when you want to put them in the museum? Well, so for this particular machine, we... We were able to think about so anything that comes into the into our museum, you know, we want we want to try to make sure it covers a lot of ground, you know. Um, and for this particular machine, we found it quite fascinating because it was both kind of a story of innovation and invention. It was a story about business and economy, uh, and it was a story about culture and the impact of of Latinos in, in Tex-Mex culture. And at the time, we had a small group of us curators who were getting together to, to talk about American history through the lens of food. 
And so this machine kind of put that all into perspective. And um, my role is really kind of to present Latino uh, stories and experiences. And so, um, yeah, we jumped kind of, we jumped all over it and, it, and it's been very popular. When Mariano first created the machine, it was an instant hit with customers. Since then, it's been popular in Texas, spreading its influence to other Tex-Mex restaurants and future Mariano locations. So what is it like working at a restaurant where the frozen margarita was invented? It's, it's, it's a great experience. Um, we get a lot of people that come through uh, just because of the media, you know, outreach. People, people hear about it and, and they know about the frozen margarita machine. They know that it was invented here. So we get a lot of people that uh, are excited to be here and everybody that is here to take care of them is excited as well. Yeah, and I can see that too. Like I got here around 11 and there's already people coming in. Like, hey, I want a drink in the middle of the day. It's great. People love Tex-Mex, right? It's, it's one of the main things, the queso, the chili, the enchiladas, the tacos. Uh, and, uh, I mean, we try to have the best food, first best service that we have, and we know that we already have the best drinks. So when I was waiting for Mariano's location in Dallas to open, I realized there was a line forming to enter. Two gentlemen were in front of me, and they had positive reviews about the restaurant. Okay, so first question I'm going to ask you guys is say your first and last names. Introduce yourselves. Uh, Roger Mathis. Ron McDaniel. Guys, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, one question is, what do you guys order here at the bar? Only the Tex-Mex tacos. They're amazing. I love to hear it. They are. They're, they're superb. Yeah, they're, they're the best. They're really good. They're the best. The homemade shells, the whole thing, and the the meats, they're like lovely, and it's not too spicy. It's not too, um, it it's not too good. bland. It's really good. Okay, it's that's re- awesome. And it's it's moist, which is really nice. That so. is awesome. Okay, I'll have to try it. And the rice and beans are always consistent. Mm, yeah, I love to hear it. We are one of the busiest stores in the whole company. We have six total, uh, but again, the the media is always about Skillman, right, right, right here. So uh, we're always ready to take care of people. And uh, again, we go by the motto MPH, make people happy. What you may not think about is the cultural impact of Mariano creating this machine and what it meant for American food history, specifically Tex-Mex. At the time, right, it was, you know, he was pouring his hand blended machine, margaritas in in the 60s. And after World War II, we start to get an, um, an explosion of different migratory groups, right? After the war, you have Mexican, Mexican-Americans who are stationed in other places. And so this network that's kind of both military-centered uh, kind of starts to spread. A lot of people from Texas are, you know, going all over the world. After the civil rights movement, you start to get many Mexican-Americans kind of really advocating for their history and culture. And so this unique moment was where lots of things were coming together. And so Tex-Mex, you know, really is is a borderlands kind of kind of culture, right? Right. It combines both Mexican and American Texas culture. And so uh people were very proud of that because remember it's still under this umbrella of being inspired and and kind of fighting for for um rights and fighting for recognition in the 60s and so his restaurant and you know it was happening all around this tex-mex food and culture became you know much more prevalent and it was rising and it was uh uh you know all over you know it started 
you know, regionally and then it moved nationally and then it's globally now. And so in the sixties, it was, it was growing and, um, uh, you start to see lots of different Tex-Mex restaurants exploding all over the country. So this goes hand in hand with both kind of civil rights with kind of different, uh, distribution patterns in terms of like, you know, the highways and, and uh, social networks. And of course, you know, the, the cultural side of fight for, for rights and justice of the Chicano Mexican American. And this is all happening in Texas, right? So what would you imagine people's reactions from culture aspects when this machine was made and you're trying to build together a community? Then it becomes a story that's kind of centered within the restaurant and the food, right? It's It becomes this really unique food invention that becomes super popular, right? It, it's, it's something different, slightly different. It's fast, it's economical, uh, and that starts to spread. And so that becomes kind of the, um, you know, one of the foundational um, food inventions that really kind of puts Tex-Mex culture, food culture on the map. Uh, not the only one, but one of them. It becomes kind of permeates throughout, you know, the American food landscape. And Mariano didn't create his invention overnight. The entrepreneur spent days on gathering engineers and playing with design concepts after his light bulb idea to make the machine. He's very, uh, he's very present here to this day. And, and, and he's always uh, mentioned, right, uh, the, the fact that he didn't want to fail. Like he, he had uh, resilience, right? He, he didn't want to fail. He, didn't want, he wanted to keep going. And uh, that's kind of what made him keep going and try. His whole kind of ethos of starting the restaurant and of kind of presenting his, his culture to other people is that he calls himself a um, cultural ambassador through food. And... And I think that kind of uh, really encompasses what I feel about the role of food, right? It opens up conversations that you can have about um, not only culture, but, you know, where does your food come from, the economy, you know, um, how does it get there, policies, you know, uh, immigration, um, uh uh, we have another colleague who who looks at food and conflict, right? And and that's a story of immigration and migration. And so I, I think with food, you can tell a lot of stories. The margarita machine and the efforts we went through to kind of collect it and exhibit it. And it's in a story of kind of the, the expansion of Tex-Mex culture. Um, you know, that's that's only one story. Right. And, and or several stories, one strand of a story. And there are many of these throughout the communities. Right. Restaurants themselves uh, can be centers of community involvement and political activity and economic opportunities. And so, you know, um, I think, um, you know, I want people to, to, to think about, you know, what are these important places in their communities? Uh, like Mariano's restaurant and his thing and his margarita machine. I also asked Steve what are some of the fun facts he likes to share when presenting the original frozen margarita machine. He shared two. You can find the other one at the end of this episode. Another little story that is kind of interesting, which kind of goes to like the, the role of museums and it's kind of capturing Latino stories. Um, he had recent, 
when when right before uh reina and i went out there um mariano had put it in storage because he retired it and he put it in storage oh wow um, assuming you know probably he was going to get rid of it yeah um but luckily he didn't get rid of it reina knew a couple of food writers in texas who um, knew about this machine and knew that it was retired and so within a couple of weeks um they got in touch with each other um and so you know i i kind of think about not only the margarita machine but many of kind of latino stories you know what happens if we don't get to you know this person quick enough you know before things kind of get out um you know put out into the curb for for the trash and so those are the kinds of things that keep me up but that's a little interesting story that you know it could have ended up you know, recycled somewhere, but um, we were able to find a good home for it. Right. And I think that's the amazing part about museums as well. And it's a great question that you bring up, like what happened if you didn't get those contacts, right? I've never heard about that. And it's just in the trash. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, and part of it is like, you know, there's, there's more of, of kind of a self-reflective thing going on now where, you know, Latino families are trying to preserve things. And I, you know, not that they weren't doing it in the past. It's just maybe they didn't have the access to it. Uh, how, do, how do you get something into a museum, you know? And so um, I, I'm kind of glad, you know, these stories are getting out. So families and communities can start to preserve these things instead of putting them in the trash. And what about drinks? You got to get anything? Uh, swirl. Again, it's not too sweet, it's not too tangy, it's just perfect, and they are always like right on time whenever you need one. <laughs> That's so good. I know, right? They got it handy real quick. We're like, yeah, that's what we're yeah. here for. Is it the strawberry mango one? Uh, no, it's just the plain one. The plain one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I should have got that one. We're old one. school. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's classic. It's a classic one. I'm Bree Flores at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me for Texas Wants to Know. If you like the show, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. I wrote, produced, and edited this episode with editorial support from Cooper Mall. Original music by Michael Eisenstein. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan. So what's a fun fact you tell when you're trying to present the machine? That it's a soft serve ice cream machine. <laughs> you know, uh, that's uh, that kind of wild. I, uh, you know, he he did have a colleague, and I forget his name off the top of my head, who helped him develop some of the stuff. And and as far as I know, I don't think it was ever patented. And I think he he tells that story specifically that he didn't he didn't get a patent for whatever reason.